No one doubted that it was the largest, richest, most powerful agency in the business. Wattage mattered more than numbers, of course, and Morris handled some of the brightest stars on screen. Jack Lemmon, named Best Actor at Cannes for his performance in Missing. Barbara Streisand, making her debut as director with Yentl. Clint Eastwood, whose Dirty Harry persona, Go Ahead, Make My Day, would soon be appropriated by the President. Richard Gere, the star of An Officer and a Gentleman, one of the top-grossing films of 1982. Mel Gibson, the road warrior's post-apocalyptic hunk, who just solidified his star status with The Year of Living Dangerously. Barbara Walters, the first TV news personality to win a million-dollar contract. And so on. As impressive as their current clients, however, were the names the agency had handled in decades past. The story of William Morris, it was frequently said, was the story of show business itself, and to see what that meant, you had only to scan the roster. In the years before World War I, Will Morris had introduced Harry Lauder to America and Will Rogers to the big time. In the twenties, he brought Maurice Chevalier to America and put the Marx Brothers in the movies. In the thirties, his office built Jimmy Cagney into a star and Mae West into a sex siren. In the forties, it made Rita Hayworth a love goddess and gave Marilyn Monroe her start. In the fifties, it took Frank Sinatra when he'd hit bottom and put Elvis Presley on television. In the sixties, it made a TV husband out of Dick Van Dyke and a TV spy out of Bill Cosby. So proud of all this were the men who ran Morris that a few days earlier, they'd done something so out of character it raised eyebrows all over town. They'd granted interviews to the press. Morris agents made a point of staying in the background, leaving the spotlight for their clients. But that Saturday morning, their top executives, Sam Weisbord, president, and Morris Stoller, chairman, both 71 years old and with a hundred years at the agency between them, had turned up on the front page of the entertainment section of the Los Angeles Times. For daily variety, Weisbord and Stoller had served up the ultimate plum, lunch at Hillcrest with their chairman emeritus, Abe Lastfogel, a cherubic little man wearing an impish grin and his trademark bow tie. Lastfogel had just turned 85 himself, having been born the year the agency was founded. He'd been there longer than any of them, since 1912, when at age 14 he'd gone to work for William Morris himself. He'd seen the company through two world wars, through Prohibition and Depression, through Blacklist and Vietnam, and now, in retirement, he'd seen it seed the industry with its progeny. Barry Diller, chairman of Paramount, had gotten his start in its fabled mailroom. So had the president of 20th Century Fox, the head of Warner Brothers, the vice chairman of Warner Communications in New York. We have become generic, Stoller confided to the Variety reporter, luxuriating for the moment in understandable self-satisfaction. The world, in a sense, is our oyster. So the air was full of glory that evening as the two hundred-odd agents and executives gathered in the clubhouse, which felt as familiar and comfortable as an old suit. No stars were present. Glitter wasn't the Morris way. The only outsider invited was Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis's manager, whose ties to the Morris office were so close that even after his client's death he was considered family. And this was very much a family affair. Closed, quiet, quiet, 
a chance to cement their bonds as they gazed out across the deep dark of the fairways, drinks in hand.